Hello, hello, and welcome back for another episode of A Quiet Divorce. So this week, we are going to talk about triggers and all the things that surround triggers. What is my biggest trigger and how did I work through it? You know, this is a very, very heavy topic for me, but I feel it's so important to share and just talk about it because triggers, ladies, it can really, really affect you and your future relationships. So without further ado, let's dive in. But first, I want to talk about what triggers actually means. I never really thought about this before, nor have I actually looked up the definition of triggers. But what I do know is what I had was an emotional trigger, which basically means an event or a person or even a situation that can spark a negative response in you. So ladies, have you ever thought about what your possible triggers could be? I know there's so many different types out there from physical, emotional to psychological triggers. It can really be anything that pushes your senses in a negative way. You know, I recently, very recently realized my own personal triggers that I guess I didn't really realize or think about before until now. As I was curious as to why I was feeling this way about a particular situation. And I had to be open to the idea that I could be pulling these feelings from my past, my past relationships. You see, when you're triggered by a past memory or event or even a person, those emotions or fears resurface and can cause even more emotional upset into your present situation. So what is my trigger, you must be thinking, and how did I work through it? Well, let's go back. Go back to my days with my ex. And from the very beginning, the very beginning, I knew, I knew that he loved to have a good time. He loved to have a drink and he was always the life of the party. And that is honestly, I I love that about him when I first met him. I loved his personality. I loved that he was so social and I never saw it as a bad thing until I had to. I mean, when we met in Vegas, he was there for a bachelor party. So of course, drinking was basically what you're there for. It's the rite of passage. So I didn't think too much of it. And it's definitely something he enjoyed doing. And since I was from Vegas, I guess I might have given him the impression that I was okay with it. Being that I'm, I basically live in that environment, like that was the lifestyle there. But it wasn't for me. I was the total opposite of the Vegas girl. I worked a lot. I didn't gamble at all. And I would only drink on occasion. But then cut to being married for over a year now and the days of Vegas seem to somehow follow me to San Francisco because my occasional drink was now his everyday habit. But then I told myself back then that he would grow out of it and change. I made excuses. I made a lot of excuses for him 
for me. But then I thought things will get better. Things will change. He'll grow out of it. Everyone grows out of it. Everyone goes through phases, right? Especially since he was going to be a father soon, he would make the change. So I waited, and I hoped. But don't we always do that, ladies? Stay silent and hope for change. That's certainly what I did, and I was pregnant at the time too. And being pregnant, being in such a vulnerable state, definitely fed the silence. I remember this one time. I'm going to share the story with you guys. My ex went out with some friends, and he was gone for hours. Uh, I remember he left around 7 p.m. that night to meet friends, and by the time 1 a.m. rolled around, he still wasn't home. And of course, I got worried, nervous, scared. All these thoughts were going through my mind. And I basically sat in front of our large bay window, willing him to walk up that street, willing for that key to turn at the door, and for him to walk through it. That didn't happen. All I did was wait. I was sitting there in front of that window for hours, thinking, "Is it always going to be this way?" Is anything going to change? I was scared a lot throughout my marriage. The fear of not being able to say, you know, that not being able to have a say in the choices that my ex made, without any thought to us or our newborn child, he would act without care, without thought. The hours went by, and before I knew it, it was 3 a.m. And he still wasn't home. I called everyone. I started making phone calls. I was that person that was calling everyone that I knew. And after several phone calls later, he finally comes home at 4:30 in the morning. And this was just one of many, many occasions. There were so many, but this was the one that I really remember the most because I was pregnant, I was emotional, and I was sitting in front of that window for hours. How much more can I possibly take? <laughs> I thought. Apparently, a lot. <laughs> We didn't divorce until nine years later, and not that I had a lot of other reasons. I mean, it kept me up a lot of nights just worrying about his drinking. So, cut to the present. Here we are today. I'm in a very happy relationship with Jeff. I got through my divorce. Completely thrived after. I definitely didn't think I would be in another relationship, and to be this happy. I feel lucky. I feel grateful. But yet, I'm still triggered and pushed back to those nights by the window every time Jeff takes a drink. 
makes a toast with his friends or leaves the house to go for happy hour. A very casual happy hour sometimes makes me nervous. I'm right back at that same window, worried, staring, wondering when he will come home. So just a few weeks ago, I actually got upset at Jeff for going out and being slightly late coming home. He arrived 30 minutes after the time he said he would be home. 30 minutes, ladies. And that triggered so much in me that I couldn't even think straight. I was pacing. I was staring. I was texting. I was doing everything to ease the discomfort of how I felt. And when he arrived home, I was still upset and basically picked a fight. (laughs) He apologized profusely that he was late. But my mind was stuck in that house, sitting in front of that window. The next day it came, and unlike my ex, Jeff wanted to talk about how upset he made me and wants to make sure that I'm okay. He's a big communicator, which definitely helps. My ex and I never talked about anything, really. He would always just brush it off. It's a new day, right? So as Jeff and I talked, I was able to understand and reveal to myself and him why it bothers me when he is out drinking and comes home late. He immediately understood my concerns and understood my triggers and promised to never let me feel that way again. So ladies, when you're learning to deal with what triggers you, do this. Acknowledge the trigger and your feelings about it. Don't deny it. It doesn't help. And don't ever stop asking yourself the needed questions of why, how, who, what, where. And of course, be open-minded to the possibility that the very thing that triggers you might not really be as bad in reality versus how you feel on the inside based on those past experiences. So the next week, Jeff made it a point to not have a beer with his lunch or a glass of wine with his dinner just to make me feel at ease. He acknowledged how I felt and wanted to make sure that I was comfortable and that I knew that he heard everything that I said. So remember, ladies, The past can trigger so many feelings and memories, but you can fully control whether those emotions control you. On that note, we will talk about next Friday, the second time around, a new relationship after a divorce or even the idea of getting married again. Thank you so, so much for being here with me and I hope you enjoyed this episode learned a few things about triggers, how to acknowledge them, and simply communicate them. And I hope you found this helpful. So until next week, bye for now.